Welcome to the Arrow Buddhist Tradition podcast series. The following podcast is from a teaching given by Nocturne Rinpoche in San Francisco in 2009 on the subject of relationship as practice. It is based on a book called Entering the Heart of the Sun and Moon, written by Nocturne Rinpoche and his wife, Contradation. For more information about the Arrow Buddhist tradition, please go to the website at arrowbuddhism.org. If you wish to make a donation to support this podcast project, please go to the section of the website labeled How to Help and select Make a Donation. Thank you. So we have emptiness then and we're starting to talk about non-duality. So non-duality is extremely important to understand in terms of what happens when duality manifests. When we attempt to split emptiness and form, and adhere only to form, it puts a twist into everything we do. One of the twists is that when we manifest a human body, we manifest the paradox of emptiness and form being split and we manifest that in terms of being male and female and being apparently different in some way not in terms of what we look like but in terms of how we are Uh, I'll talk about this a little bit but I don't really want to go into a lot of material that you'll find better expressed in entering the heart of the sun and moon but basically um, throughout history people have philosophized about what it means to be male or female and people have put together many different packages for what that means some positive some negative some simply different but in terms of Vajrayana uh, men are externally (coughs) compassion internally wisdom and women are externally wisdom internally compassion this inner word is maybe not the best word that could be used I tend to use uh, either hidden or occluded that we have these qualities that we are whole and entire in ourselves apart from the fact that having manifested physical form within the state of duality, apparent duality we experience a split within us in which we are only really aware of our outer manifestation or, or our overt nature and our covert nature is cut off to us does everyone follow that? if not please ask something I don't know quite what to ask because I just lost the thread right before you the, what is the okay the overt nature covert nature what did you say right before that that led to that? when we um manifest a physical form yeah in the context of the delusion of duality 
then that duality manifests within us as a split between an overt and covert being. And I said that uh, men are externally compassion <coughs> or method and internally wisdom and women are externally wisdom and internally uh, compassion or, uh, or method. Now for these we're really going to be talking about rather than wisdom and compassion we're going to be using the terms wisdom and method. Now these words you have to understand as being incredibly broad as to what is meant by wisdom. We also have the words wisdom display and method display for what, for how men and women appear. I, I warn you, it's going to start getting weird now. Um, <laughs> it's not easy to understand so I'd like you to start asking questions at this point because um, I'm going to be talking in this language now of method display and wisdom display in terms of how they men and women appear mm -hmm. how they appear how they are now We've also got the terms distorted method display and distorted wisdom display. The two displays are distorted by virtue of the fact that they are cut off from the occluded or inner display. So we've got what method looks like as a, as a non-dual manifestation when it's non-dual with wisdom and we've got method when it's cut off from wisdom and vice versa when wisdom is cut off from method when this happens you get the archetypal Rambo and Barbie doll <laughs> scenario <laughs> this is a kind of a crude description but it looks like that and they tend to attract each other uh, the more contact you have or the more intuition perhaps you have of your inner display the less distorted is the outer display So this is basically the tantric theory of being male or being female in which being male or being female can be characterized but it can only be characterized in terms of duality it cannot be characterized in terms of non-duality because whether you have a male body or a female body in terms of non-duality when the displays are united 
there's nothing that differentiates men and women. Because so in that way, you know, men are not from Mars and women are not from Venus, and that idea is from Uranus. <laughs> you know that, did you? Uh, so this particular perspective views every method of defining men and women as being fundamentally different as as corrupt because it has no bearing on the non-dual states. So different but not different. Different at the state of duality, but the same in terms of the non-dual states. Yet also able to manifest different formulations in terms of wisdom and method. Is everyone monstrously confused now? No? Oh, what a shame. <laughs> yes? Um, perhaps you're about to do this. Can you just maybe say a few words about what you mean when you say wisdom and method? And, and how is method compassion? Hmm. Well, um, method is compassion, because compassion is method. <laughs> uh, we shall explain. Uh, you see, compassion's a tricky word. It's a word that is used to translate Changchubsem. And Changchubsem can be characterized to a certain extent by the word compassion, but compassion is a far smaller word. Trungpa Rinpoche used to talk about active compassion. Uh, when people in the West use the word compassion, they often think about something that's more like wisdom mm -hmm. in terms of it's how I feel. I feel sorry for somebody's condition. I want to help them in terms of uh, you know, Buddhism. This is wisdom, it's not method. Method is what you actually do. It's action and therefore method. Yeah. And so compassion is, a, is more like a verb. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really what you do and what your capacity is. Not a state of having compassion. No, no. It's doing compassion. That state of having compassion is wisdom. Oh. And then compassion is what arises from that state. And so are they just different aspects of the same thing? Which? Wisdom and compassion. Wisdom and... Uh, Method. They are different aspects of the non-dual state. So wisdom is emptiness, and compassion or method is form. So we've got this play of emptiness and form here. Whatever we talk about in terms of, say, a teaching like the Four Naljors, of silent sitting, where we, with Shine, we're working to let go of form, to let go of that which arises in mind, then Laton, we're working with form in terms of that which arises, and identifying totally with that which arises, and then moving from emptiness and form seamlessly and experiencing the one taste of emptiness and form 
all this can all this plays out in male female relationship that whole dance of emptiness and form is there both internally for the person for one person and also for two people uh, I'm going to change subject now for a while um, so are there any questions before I change subject say more about that last part of that sentence that changes internally for one and for two well there's the play of emptiness and form in yourself all the time anyway in terms of certainty and uncertainty you know gain and loss praise and blame hope and fear meeting and parting and then there's the play of that between two people which I, I can't really talk about now without preempting certain things so I, I'm having to work on holding some material back because it's not I, I've, I've, I've got to attempt to go through it as coherently as I can to build it up mm -hmm. um. That was, I have some confusion still. Mm -hmm. um, I'm wanting to see if I have straight what you just right. said. That was a mm -hmm. lot of dense material. Yeah, um, it's going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, so as a, as a consequence of incarnating yes. um, and manifesting either a male or female body, mm -hmm. Well, can can I just go back a step? Please. Uh, as a consequence of incarnating. Yes. In the state of duality. In the state of duality. Yeah, right. that's the bit you have to add. It's, it's not just the incarnation. It's in the state of duality. Yeah. In the state of duality, then men are manifesting compassion method outwardly and inwardly yeah. and women are manifesting wisdom outwardly yeah. and compassion method inwardly yeah. this is part of duality or this is as a consequence of incarnating in the other bit state. that you have to add is that within the state of duality the unmanifest quality is unmanifest it's not that they're, uh, it's, it's only in the state of non-duality that both are fully available. Yeah. So in the state of duality, uh, as, a, as a man, I'm cut off from my inner wisdom display. And as a woman, I'm cut off from my inner method display. And so this, on a, on a functional or what we would refer to as practical level, this is going to look, it's going to look a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. And we're going to seem more active and manifest. Can we, is that appropriate to go there right now? Will that dilute Not it? right now, because I'm going to get on to that bit. Okay. But I'd like to lay more ground for that. This is not going to be an analysis of what men and women are like. Um, 
that because um, that's very tricky to do because it's one of those things that if you can you know define what it is to be female as soon as you do it you can also say you can also flip that immediately and say that's also male and within this paradigm you can never settle for what is actually female or what is actually male because it takes such a slight move because emptiness is form and form is emptiness and emptiness is none other than form and form none other than emptiness and you just find yourself talking male-female in terms of the Heart Sutra. Right. It goes exactly the same way. As soon as you say it, you have to reverse it. And then you have to reverse it again, which is why the Heart Sutra plays that little game. You think they keep saying the same thing and just flipping it. <laughs> and yes, exactly, and you can see why, because as soon as you define it, you've made a lie of it, and so you have to flip it and keep flipping it, because in terms of the language of duality, you have to keep stating it, but every time you state it, it's wrong, so you have to restate it the other way around. <laughs> yeah, and the non-dual say you don't have to do that, but of course, in, in, in a teaching where you're dealing with the language of duality, all you can do is keep flipping and making a paradox like that. See, it seems like... I'm kind of grappling with my limited understanding of the limitations of language, too, but it seems like you're framing it this way is designed to primarily point to this skew or this polarity that comes into mm -hmm. play and you don't you don't want it and it's constantly shifting yes. around yeah so you're pointing to that quality yeah yeah so this is really what i'd like at the end of the day is if no one understands anything <laughs> I'd be very happy <laughs> but they say oh wow mm, mm, there's something here something is um, and I've got some sort of sense of something mm -hmm. that's far better than actually knowing what it was all about when you are saying incarnating in the state of duality or in the state of non-duality are you referring to in any moment that too, but fundamentally, you know, when you're born as a physical entity. Okay, so some are you saying that some beings incarnate as in Apple Max and others as <laughs> in the state of non-duality, and some incarnate in the state of duality? Yes, that happens. <laughs> Those who are supposed to be tulkus are, are, should uh, manifest in the non-dual state, you know, in, in terms of how they are, which means they won't be archetypally male or female. In terms of, I mean, obviously they'll be one of the other physically, but you know, you don't have to be. Um, You see, the world works, I mean, you know, to look at this, uh, it, I, I'm always vaguely surprised that people are so gender-oriented, as if, um, 
they almost, you know, um, I tend to regard myself as a person first. I'm not sure what comes next. <laughs> Nationality or gender or ethnic group or whatever. I mean, there are all these definitions, but um, a lot of people really think of themselves as being a gender before anything else, and I find that odd. Especially when you spend your, your first years really being neither. Little children, anyone who's had their own children will know children not really below a certain age are really not aware they have a gender. And then you get old enough and you lose it too. <laughs> so, you know, even within a lifetime, you're, you tail out at either end in terms of gender functionality, you know. I'd say the more hardwired male and female you are, the more obscured you are. So does that have to do with... That's why, you know, on Facebook... <laughs> I scored 67 for being a girly girl. I'm 67 girly girl. I was disappointed at my low score. I just didn't like boys enough, you know. But I, I think that that let my score down. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a question? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it was hard for my ear not to hear the beginning of your explanation in some kind of gender essentialization, and I that, that was hard for me to hear that. But it's it seems to be shifting more. As you It'll shift backwards and forwards and do all kinds of things. It's a subject that's very hard to understand. It's um, there are aspects of it that make statements about gender, you know, you know, definitively, and then they take those definitions away again. So, so the definitions are always moving according to um, uh, whether we've actually uh, integrated with the non-dual state or not. So there are things you can say about men that you can say, well, this is a male quality, and then you look at it, and in front of your eyes it starts turning into a female quality, or what's an archetypal expression of that. And so one of the things that contradiction I'd like to point out is that with this it's really important not to concretize wisdom display and method display as being anything in particular. They are more or less suggestions. So, if you said every method of sort of labeling one as male or female you know, ultimately is corrupt, why? What is the value then of saying, uh, you know, wisdom externally female? You know, why put a gender on those qualities? Well, we're not putting a gender on those qualities, actually, because we're saying wisdom display and method display. But both have both. But, like, one is outer, one is inner. Yes. Why? Why? Because we uh, are apparently trapped in duality. Mm -hmm. 
So is there a reason that the mail is the outer method, or? Uh, well, that's just called mail. Okay, I see. Okay. It's not a reason for it. It's yeah, just okay. that that's. <laughs> if if women were externally method, uh -huh. then um, w then whatever you called them, that's what that's what they'd be. And if they were cut off from their inner wisdom, they they'd start wanting to kick balls around and do all those <laughs> obscene things. That <laughs> <laughs> I've got to make it clear that I'm not very fond of men, you know. I, I must have put, I, all you folks here accepted, you know, you're an exception to the rule. <laughs> I'd rather avoid men, you know. They just want to do things with balls all the time. Hit them with sticks, <laughs> get them through little hoops, and chase each other around the field sweating. I don't understand it, you know, I don't get it at all. <laughs> the bus left and I wasn't on it. <laughs> yeah. I had a question. You said in the in the dual state since uh, when no, I actually, actually, what I said was the dual state. All right. Oh, sorry, I'm I, I'm, teasing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm teasing. Don't worry. If so, for men, one as one of the displays is cut off, and women, it's the opposite. Is that why attraction happens? I'll get on to that. It's a very good question, yes. And then also, I'm curious, because I feel like I've kind of had some sense of that. I'm also just curious of what that would look like in non-dual relationship, where is, does attraction happen, or is it just more like a choice and just an appreciation? We'll get there as well. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry not to answer your question, but to do so would be to talk about what I'll be talking about tomorrow afternoon. I, I can't go there yet. Without, I, I, I've got to, you know, go through some stages. But absolutely, yes. Mm. These, these are great questions, and I'll cover them. Mm -hmm. I saw a hand up earlier that wasn't yours. That somebody was. I think I started to ask a question. It's kind of evolving. <laughs> <laughs> as, you, as you talk, <laughs> it's the same question. Um, I said, my answer is shoot the ball, put it out of its misery. <laughs> Stop kicking it and whacking it. <laughs> I think that um, I might just be confusing terms, but it, 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 what would an inner wisdom display, what how would one experience that oneself? I'm, I'm interested mm -hmm. in the way you're using the word display. Yeah, well, I'm going to get on to that too. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm just having to keep from going there because I, 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 I've got to lay some background in first. And then I, I'll certainly talk about that. Um, at the moment, this word wisdom display and method display you're going to have to take as, as technical language that I'm going to unwrap. Okay. Uh, I, I certainly will do that. Um, but at the moment, it's useful just for you to have the idea. Um, what I'm doing is I'm giving you the structure for understanding what's, what I'm going to talk about next. Uh, 
So the structure is that in the dualized state, men and women are opposite method display, wisdom display, and that, that there are these either covert, occluded, or detached, or separated out areas of experience so that the outer manifestation which is what we feel ourselves to be is called distorted method display or distorted wisdom display and it's distorted by virtue of the extent to which the occlusion is is total or, or, or major the more intuition we have as to our inner or non-manifest qualities the less distortion is apparent in the outer manifestation external compassion and is detached from eternalism. That's when you call that being a male. Is that what you're saying? Well, they'd be a male anyway, because that's how it works. But I, I, I'm talking about um, uh, the personality. The personality, the perception. I'm not talking about the body in particular here. The, the body is not in question really that's just there but it's how we are as an enlightened being you wouldn't become androgynous on realizing non-duality <laughs> are you going to get on to as well um, how one develops this intuition you said with enough intuition of your internal uh, wisdom or method display that then becomes more mm -hmm. but how do you um, develop that intuition? I wasn't really going to go into that but it's a good question and that, that's what I can answer now you sit mm -hmm. uh, and you do any one of a number of things that makes you question how you are uh, the less you take yourself for granted in terms of this is me and how I am and I will never change and um, etc or these are the things I like these are the things I don't like and that's cut and dried and finished uh, if, if you start questioning if you start looking at how society tells me I'm supposed to be you know um, you know, as a male, you're supposed to like sport. That's what I was always told. And if I didn't like sport, there was something wrong with me. My father was always thinking there was something wrong with me. He was right, of course. But, um, <laughs> um, but I, I didn't like sport and didn't see why I should like sport. You know? uh, why the compulsion? I didn't think there was anything wrong with me that I didn't like it, I just didn't like it. I, I could accept that, it was fine. 
I didn't want to run around sweating with a whole bunch of other herd of boys all sweating together. <laughs> that sounded like a, something completely gross and revolting to me. <laughs> and so they all stopped talking to me. I, I, I was excluded from male company for a period of almost a year. They just stopped talking to me and so I sat with the girls and we read poetry together. It was very pleasant. <laughs> Um, <laughs> 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 we had a lot of fun, but it was um, uh, really anything you do that 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 disturbs the hard wiring of what conventional society says you're supposed to be. Unfortunately, I was raised at a time when society was in ferment, you know, and everyone was ingesting chemicals and questioning everything that was going on. So it wasn't really that hard to um, say, well, well, how, how does it have to be then? It doesn't have to be anyway. It can be the way I want it to be or, or the way I'd like it to be. And um, everything's up for grabs, you know. The, there was a lot going on, so much going on, you know. The, it's astonishing. There was one half of society who were completely freaking out about what the other half were doing, you know. <laughs> that there were black and white people talking to each other and being friends, and that was, that was a big horror for some people. They just couldn't understand it, and it was highly threatening. But of course, the, the more you say, it doesn't have to be like this, it could be some other way, then that, that is of the nature in itself of, of intuition when you break through barriers of, of what men and women are supposed to do, what they're not supposed to do, what their interests are. Um, um, Deze over there, um, um, uh, um, purchased my daughter Rachel a big spider, a big um, shiny um, sort of toy spider. It's about this big, and and she loves this thing because she started liking spiders when she started seeing them making their webs in the autumn across the windows. Mm -hmm. She'd watch them going around, and she naturally found them very interesting. And it's been really difficult to keep her in that state of thinking they're nice, because the rest of the world is telling her she doesn't like them. Mm -hmm. She was walking down the road with me, we went shopping one day, and um, she had the big spider under her arm. <laughs> <laughs> and this woman approached her, and I don't know what gives them the right to do this, but there's a certain kind of middle-aged woman who feels she has the right to walk up and talk to your child <laughs> without asking you about it, you know. And, um, she says, oh, that's a nasty spider. Girls don't like spiders. I said, this one does. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, this is strictly strange, you know, how, I mean, people have got enough problems in the world without being told they're frightened of things that aren't going to do anything to them, you know. So um, we've actually, and, and, and her friends are all telling her that spiders are nasty. She says, no, I like spiders. And she's, <laughs> determined to keep liking them. Um, so there's a lot of that goes on and when you look at the sexual stereotyping that goes on in the world, it's horrific. Huh? 
my, my son, uh, Robert, his favourite colour was pink for a long time. <laughs> oh, we had no problem with it, but everyone else would say, oh, boys don't like pink. <laughs> don't they? Why? <laughs> but what happens is we all accept this stuff. And the more you accept it, the more programmed you become. So, is this something you do mainly in formal practice or in just as you encounter it? Yeah, as you encounter it, you've got to be open to questioning yourself all the time. Like, I, you know, a couple of years back, oh, it must be five now, I don't know when, I, when you first helped, helped me tell this story, I was walking down Panath High Street and I go past a charity shop and it's the Queen Mother's 100th birthday and there's an exhibition in the window, you know, pictures of the Queen Mother when she's young. And I'm walking past uh, and I sneer. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as I had that sneer on my face, I stopped and I thought, you loathsome little turd. <laughs> Where, where's that come from? What's there to see? I even know the woman, you know? What's, what is that? <laughs> and I thought, I know what that is. That's because I was an art student 40 years ago and I've still got that conditioning of you don't like the royal family because you're this and you're this and you're an art student and th these are bad things, you know. And mm. I thought, when did I ever think about it and decide that that was my decision and my view that I'd worked out by myself? I just inherited it as part of a framework. So I went off immediately and ordered a dozen Queen Mother celebration mugs. <laughs> 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 Which, of course, offended every politically correct parent who visited the house. And we had a Queen Mother plate on the wall. <laughs> I got into the Queen Mother in a big way then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, um, intuition, the way you're using it, mm -hmm. I'm not sure I understand. Could you just say what you mean? Oh, you could easily use suspicion. We oh. both end ION, so we can <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's just having that thought that there's something else there of questioning. I mean, you can't question really unless you have an intuition anyway of, or, of thinking, huh? What is that? Is that what I think I'm seeing, or is that something else? That is it. Is it what I think I'm seeing? That's the intuition, and then you question. Okay. Uh, then you look at it, but but you have to have some idea there that that's what it looks like. But is that what it is, or, or what's this reaction coming up? You there's questioning of reality, and then you learn simply from being alive because you you question your knee-jerk responses. Mm -hmm. So you looked as if you had an extension to the question. Yeah, okay, so when you do see um, something like you saw with Queen Mother, is it a good idea to then sort of go off 
extremely in the other direction like you did by going out and buying, <laughs> buying the cups and explore it, in other words? Or? Well, I wouldn't say so, no. That's yeah. just me. That's the kind of thing I do. I wouldn't recommend anyone else did that, but um, that's how I've lived my life so far. <laughs> I'll say, right, okay, let's celebrate the Queen Mother, you know, mm -hmm. let's wipe that nasty little oily sneer off my face and go and think this is a, an interesting and, you know, worthwhile thing. And especially because it bugs all the politically correct. And I love <laughs> <that>. <laughs> <laughs> What's life if you can't bug people, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a teacher's responsibility to bug people. So you like that, do you? Or you don't like that? Or it's, uh, it's, uh, any kind of unquestioned areas are, are, are good to investigate. You know, and if you start doing that with gender, you know, you can say, well, you know, what am I then? Yes, I'm male, I'm female, but does that mean anything beyond my anatomy? And you discover that it actually doesn't. You're not locked into anything. You can be anywhere you like. Like, you know, there are all these men who feel that to be men they've got to go off into the woods together and beat drums and stuff. I don't want to go off into the woods with any men and beat drums. Let them do it on their own. <laughs> yeah, bonding and all that stuff. Ooh, nasty. <laughs> I don't bond with anybody. <laughs> I'd rather have an intelligent conversation. You know? Just a I'll come to you next. There's about three people who were wanting to, but, but you were first. I was just wondering, like, obviously in, in Nirmanakaya there's gender. But I wonder if you, ever, you could ever talk about gender in Sambhogakaya. Yeah. Well, you couldn't yeah. talk about it in Dharmakaya. No. In <laughs> Sambhogakaya you could talk about mm -hmm. gender. Huh. That's interesting. Maybe at some point you could elaborate on that. Um... As, as, as long as there's any form, there's going to be difference. And in terms of Sambhogakaya, the um, difference is, is always a, a, a manifestation of compassion. So they're all the different awareness beings who have the different forms, the different colors, the different shapes you know, in order to you know, communicate with different beings. Yeah? Um, how do you know something, uh, like aesthetically, how do you know if you've worked something out for yourself, or whether it's just a reaction or conditioning, or whether, you know, you're... Well, I'd suggest you don't have to know. It's more the question. You know, you don't have to get an answer to that question, but you don't take it for granted. <coughs> or you just say, you know, did I think about this? Is, is this really... Uh, is my position something that I really have worked out? Did I really research this? I'm thinking about art in particular. 
Because if you're making, let's say, <coughs> music or art uh -huh. that you really like, but then you really like it because you've been programmed to create it in that way, and then if you try to go away from that, then you're just making art that you don't really like. Oh, I don't think there's any need to get paranoid about it. You know, it's just being open to questioning. You know, uh, y you shouldn't find yourself in the state of attempting to establish a pure position. Oh, I'm right now. I, you know, I, I, I'm now authentically you know, beyond <coughs> conditioning. <laughs> You're just aware of the fact that there's going to be conditioning here, and I'm open to seeing it. I think going the opposite way that doesn't help. And you have to respect what you like, but be open to the fact that what you like might not be worth what you think it is, and that you might like something different, that you're open to changing.